2: It's Rick Tittle!
3: All right, and thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. I forgot to turn on my mic. Wow, it's weird to actually hear my voice. I feel like I'm broadcasting again. Rick Tittle with you from the downtown Sports Byline USA San Francisco studios. And uh, first time I've been here for 14 months, at least doing this show from this spot, as I had been uh, doing it from my home in the East Bay. (coughs) and uh doing it at home I mean I was very lucky that I had a job where I could keep working a lot of people during the pandemic which is still going on by the way if you didn't hear Florida uh, that uh, I was still able to work and uh, that was a good thing I think that is a good thing that was, that was a good thing but uh yeah it was a uh, it was weird and plus I couldn't hear myself and so it felt like I was... Doing a show for the rats in my attic into a hairbrush. But I'm back, baby. And uh, we're also streaming on Twitch once again as well. If you go to uh, Sports Byline USA, you can check out uh, my fine self, <laughs> Face for Radio. Uh, so yeah, it looks like it's up and running. So you can go on uh, Twitch, twitch.com, and look for Sports Byline USA. And there I am. As always, coast-to-coast coast and border-to-border border and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Great to have you with us if you are listening and you are a man or a woman in uniform. Uh, also, uh, I should say, or maybe not a man or woman, just if you're in uniform, you're doing a great job. Uh, TuneIn app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, those are all app applications for receiving the program, plus CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2, new cable provider, and uh, also... We need to go over the NFL draft. That is in the books, and the free agents uh, have signed as well. Twitter is at Rick Tittle, the website, Tittle Ending Sports, uh, with Rick Tittle. Well, that would be the Facebook fan page. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Let's do this.
5: And now today's rust-eating tip of the day, presented by Free All Deep Penetrating Oil. You're all set for a quick tire rotation until you have a rusted-on wheel. Coat those lug nuts in penetrating oil, let them sit for a few minutes, and you'll have them off in a cinch. Now give a generous spray into each mounting hole, place a 2x4 on the outer edge of the wheel, and smack the wood with a mallet, just enough to create some braking force and vibration. Repeat if necessary.
6: Look for the silver can.
2: I need these boxes in Bin 7. Oh, hello? Hi. I just wanted to call in and find out when Whitney's week. warehouse foreman just retired, and the replacement needs to move to fulfillment. Sorry. Hold on. Guys, can we get the dock cleared now? Indeed can help her hire the people she needs. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. When you sponsor a job, you immediately get your short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. I, I feel like I'm in living color and living stereo and technicolor, just be able to uh, hear my sweet, sweet, sweet voice once again. <clears throat> 1-800-878-PLAY uh, to get in, and that is because, uh, once again, I'm back in the uh, downtown San Francisco studios, and uh, we do have a draft expert coming up from uh, the uh, the draft network in about a half hour. That's uh, Trevor Sycama. He'll uh, join us. And uh, I'm sick my back. It's always in pain. I'm sick in my back. No, I'm sure he's heard it all. Is that the same as the guy who played for the Sonics? No, that's Jack Sikma. This is Sycama. Uh, but we'll talk to him. We also have an interview with someone in Bolivia. Uh, as well, and uh, an actor and a a director. You know, we (laughs) we really get into the entertainment world. Um, But uh, just for uh, S's and G's, when I was uh, coming in today uh, from the east side, I took BART, which is the Bay Area Rapid Transit. It is basically our subway in the Bay Area. And uh, when I first started taking BART, you could take the end of the line. The name of the lines were the uh, Daily City Train, which came to San Francisco. The, um, sorry, the Concord Train, which went into the uh, East Bay and Contra Costa County, and then you had the Fremont Train, which went uh, down into the uh, the lower side of the East Bay, South East Bay, if you like. <clears throat> and uh, now the trains are all different. Except my line has never changed. It's always been the Richmond (laughs) line. But um, now the other one is uh, Antioch and Millbrae, and the new one is Berryessa. Now, when I think Berryessa, I think Lake Berryessa, but it's the Berryessa neighborhood of San Jose, which uh, I've been going to San Jose my whole life. I have cousins from San Jose. No one has ever called that Berryessa, but it's basically in between 101 and... uh, and five eighty, and or should I should say six eighty, and uh, it's near the San Jose airport. So uh, keep going. And by the way, no one gives a damn about any of this. I know. I'm just talking to myself here for a second in this first segment. Uh, I'm just trying to get acclimated to the uh, to the studio. I actually came in and looked up the wrong email address, which has nothing to do with the studio. I'm so confused. Um, and then uh, getting on Bart, you know, people were masked up. People weren't sitting next to each other. But, of course, at one point, some guy got in with no mask and started babbling because, unfortunately, and it's a true story and it's sad, but BART is also the home to the Bay Area's uh, people who have severe, severe mental illness. And uh, that's where they go. And uh, they do need some help. But uh, And then getting out and walking the streets, uh, during these hours anyway, And uh, not a lot of people around. So uh, I know for the most part uh, it's going to be probably June or July. What did Biden say at his inauguration? Fourth of July, no masks? All right. Well, we'll see about that. 1-800-878-PLAY. We do need to go over the entire draft now. And uh, I'll get into my (sighs) – despite the fact that I only liked – one pick, <laughs> and getting the best safety in the draft. Trayvon Merrig, or at least the perceived best safety in the draft. That really saved things <clears throat> for me, instead of calling this this draft a disaster. And we'll get into it a little bit more. Um, but uh, I did see, as I was looking at some of the Raider uh, social media sites and their site as well, that um, they showed, for a few of them, the phone call that Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden to the kid just before they got drafted. And that's a thing that they've been doing now for for many years is they draft the kid and they just ask him do you want to come here? Because they don't want to get caught with their pants down and like, I, 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 I never I I'd rather retire. I'm going to hold out. That never happens. I mean Unless you're at the top of the draft and you're like Eli Manning saying, I'm not playing for the San Diego Chargers. I'm telling you that right now. I don't want to play on grass where it's warm. I want to play on turf where it's freezing because I want to play for the Giants. Did that work out? Two Super Bowl rings. I guess it did. Good job, Eli. But on the other hand, um, most guys when they get called, you know, are you ready to be a Raider? Yes, coach. Yes, coach. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, man, you You ready to work hard? Yeah, we're excited about you. Enjoy it with your family. You're about to be on TV. God bless you, son. All right, we're fired up. <clears throat> that's always nice to hear. Because when you're, uh, you know, that's a dream come true, obviously. And you get to the point where there's 32 teams. You just want to hear your name called. And it, when I saw Gruden talking to Trevor Mayring, I thought it was Mooring, but it's Mayring. When I saw him talking to him, he said, "I know it's been frustrating for you." Yeah, he's supposed to be a first-round pick. So there were a lot of guys who were supposed to be supposed to be first-round picks, but that always happens in every draft. So that was cool. But there's some more Raider news this morning, and <laughs> it's just more, uh, of course, fodder for talk. And I'm here for it, as you probably are as well. And that's uh, Jeremy Fowler. On ESPN, one time at my old job, 95.7 FM, I had a a friend, I used to do this, and he made me do it on the air, my Jeremy Fowler impression, which is basically, um, oh wait, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Jeremy (laughs) Schapp. that's who I'm thinking of, because Jeremy Schapp at the end of every interview saying, and he went on to be the greatest skier in Olympic history, Jeremy Schapp. ESPN. Jeremy Fowler is somebody completely different. But anyway, Jeremy Fowler said that Aaron Rodgers is intrigued with the Raiders. Here's his quote. Aaron Rodgers is reportedly very intrigued by the Raiders as well, so they have to be on this list. They're happy with Derek Carr. Nothing's going on right now, and they very well could extend Derek Carr sometime soon. But the Raiders look into every single quarterback situation. They looked at pass-free agents or trade options. So John Gruden is sort of always lurking. You can't discount them. Quote. Now, here's the thing. The Raiders, if Charles Manson came back from the dead and was really, he's dead now, right, Dominic Manson? I think so. If he came back from the dead, um, the Raiders would be linked to him. Uh, the whole thing about how Aaron Rodgers played college football 15 minutes from the Oakland Raiders' old stadium, the Coliseum, has nothing to do with anything. You could say he was raised in California, Northern California, who grew up a Raider fan. That's all horse hockey. But we have heard that Aaron Rodgers, who threw his tantrum on draft day, said Niners, Broncos, Raiders. Well, the Niner thing is over. They don't want you now. The Broncos thing, uh, I guess (laughs) they would take a look. I mean, how do you not? But, yeah, look, Derek Carr is better than most quarterbacks, but he's not top five. You're going to get the NFL MVP at, what, 37 years old? I don't really care how old he is. Look, the Packers are not stupid. They are adamant that they're not trading Rodgers, and they have him under contract. If he wants to do what Carson Palmer did in Cincinnati and just basically say, I'm lifting weights, in L.A. in my house and uh, call me when I'm traded. Otherwise, I'm never playing football again. You can do that. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, the Niners tried to trade for him. They were told, oh, hell no, we're not New England. Um, But it's also the kind of thing where you could say, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't know. We'll see. We'll take a quick break, though. We'll come back. Lines are available at 1-800-878-PLAY. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
7: Anderes geben, diesem Land habe ich Treue geschworen, bin geboren in der Pfalz, ich lieb dich nun mal, jeden Berg, jedes Tag, Heimatland, du mein schönes
1: Pfälzerland. That's 800-693-8290.
8: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
9: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
8: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill. But I was out of options.
9: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906, 800-338-6906, that's 800-338-6906, paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. And easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759.
3: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad.
4: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: Oh, all right, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. What you got in the? Oh, <laughs> Oh, I know. What are you going to do? 1-800-878-PLAY. <clears throat> it's funny because I've been in uh, live sports broadcasting in downtown San Francisco, 10 years in TV and the rest in radio, over 20 years in radio. And I, I feel like I'm uh, flying, uh, playing with my left hand and one eye open right now. But, all right, we're back. We're doing some broadcasting. We'll take a look, uh, especially the next segment with uh, Trevor Sykema about some of the uh the the draft picks and the winners and losers of course we don't really know but uh it's always interesting to look at undrafted uh free agents and who's going here or there and uh there's just there's just not enough picks sometimes and there are some teams that uh are very excited about one guy or another i know that the 49ers gave uh over $100,000 to a guy that they really liked a linebacker, and that is very rare. Usually you get nothing, and then to get you to not go to one team, they go, we'll throw 20K at you. I think the most I ever saw the Raiders give anybody was 50000 I just think they gave 125000 and they guaranteed 95000 of it. <clears throat> so, yeah, they like the kid. But I look around at some of the very good players who didn't get drafted, and, you know, it was – it sucks for them to sit through three days of that and not get drafted, but it doesn't suck that they now are on teams. And the other thing is about not getting drafted is that the only good thing is that you get to pick your team. So let's say you're a young wide receiver, right? And you get drafted in the seventh round. Woo-hoo, but you got drafted in the seventh round by five guys who are already on the roster with NFL experience, two are pro bowlers, and the other two guys have guaranteed contracts and are not going to get cut. You know, what's the best-case scenario? You make the taxi squad. Sorry, the practice squad. So, yeah, sometimes it does work out. I'd rather brag that I got drafted. And believe me, I would brag about that every day. I'd slip it in somehow. But uh, uh, Tamori and Terry, this was a guy uh, who at uh, Florida State was kind of held back because Florida State went through a doldrums with their quarterback position and their offensive line play uh, as well. But uh, his first two years there, he was averaging 20 yards a catch and um, had 95 catches with 17 touchdowns his first two years until the uh, talent went down. But <clears throat> he's now with Seattle, and he'd say, well, they already have Metcalf and Lockett. And then, you know, they missed out on the first round because they have Adams at safety, but they picked up Dwayne Eskridge in the second round, who's another speedy guy. So you might say, well, that doesn't really work out. (laughs) Look, you need more than three wide receivers. They also picked up an undrafted free agent named Cade Johnson uh, as well. R. Darius Washington, a great name, R apostrophe Darius Washington. Um, he's one of those guys that if you're a draft junkie, you're a little bit ticked that uh, he slipped through the cracks and didn't get selected. And I don't know how it happened, really. And I guess it was, I was reading that he had a bad pro day. And um, Washington is now signed with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. He's a, a safety. And the reason was that <clears throat> at his pro day, he ran a four-six-two. Which was amongst safeties the 85th fastest safety, but if you watch tape, uh, the guy was all over the place knocking passes down. But here's the other thing: he's five foot eight. So, <clears throat> if you wonder why he wasn't drafted, he's a slow five foot eight guy. Now, the honey badger, Tyron Matthew, by the way, is five foot nine. I don't think he would scare anybody on the street, but you know what he can do on the field. And you look at a guy like Daryl Green and others. But <clears throat> I remember John Gruden saying years ago, the first time he was with the Raiders, they were having an argument over wrist size. This guy, And he's like, what are we doing here? So <clears throat> a short guy who's slow, mm, I'm good. And then you watch the tape and he's all over the place from TCU. The Lions took the wide receiver Jonathan Adams and he kind of found himself in a dream situation because their wide receiver group has been basically torn straight to the ground. It needs to be rebuilt. They went and got Tyrell Williams in free agency who has done nothing for the Raiders in the last year and a half. But if you say, well, what do you mean they got Prashad Perriman? Yeah. They also went out and got Amon Ross St. Brown, one of my favorite names. He was a fourth round, but jobs are up for grabs. There's no doubt. This was a guy who played for a smaller school, Arkansas State, but uh, still had uh, the very symmetrical 1,111 yards receiving. Five games with multiple touchdown catches. Now, a guy that I said before the draft in a tweet, and this was like a month before the draft, I, I said, if you're going to go ahead, uh, John Gruden, and draft a quarterback in the seventh round, get Felipe Franks out of Arkansas, who started at Florida, and then he transferred. And by the way, you know what's funny? I said to uh, some callers, I think it was Charlie, I said, all I want uh, Mayock to do, I said, just draft defense, but since he tore the offensive line apart, I go, just draft an offensive lineman and the rest all defense, which is exactly what he did. So, in a way, it's like, Rick, that's what you wanted, right? Uh, I guess. But Franks should have been drafted. He's a six foot seven, 240, an absolute hose. He is a pocket guy. <clears throat> there's no doubt. He wasn't great with the Gators, but he did come in to Arkansas and he did okay in an overmatched offensive line that he had there. Um, but uh, Matt Ryan is the guy in uh, Atlanta, and now that he's signed with the Falcons, that's got to be intriguing. And by the way, do you know who Matt Ryan's backup was last year, believe it or not? Matt Schaub. He's retired, by the way. Quentin Morris was a tight end at uh, Bowling Green, and um, they moved him to tight end as a senior and over 1,100 yards altogether and uh, didn't have a great 40. But the Buffalo Bills are giving him a try. Javian Hawkins, I like that name too. Javian, everything has to be in with a J now. Javian, he's a running back. <clears throat> and this was a guy who is one of those five foot eight little fire hydrant uh, type of guys. Um, Darius Stills, defensive tackle, was a uh, basically the best defensive lineman for West Virginia. And played at uh, nose tackle. Uh, the Raiders picked him up and uh, they cut Maurice Hurst, so they do need some bodies in there. WFT, not WTF, that's Mark Marin. Running back Jarrett Patterson. Very, very elusive players. Uh, player, I should say, um, one of the best players uh, in the MAC. Jamie Newman, you remember him at quarterback? The guy who uh, transferred. out of uh, uh, Georgia to go to Wake Forest and then opted out. (laughs) But if you think about uh, what he was able to do when he played, the Eagles were impressed enough to bring him in at least as a camp arm. And then another guy who was supposed to go in the draft named David Moore. David Moore, David Moore, running through the night. David Moore is an offensive, uh, well, he's a guard. There's no defensive guards. Um. Six two three thirty out of uh, Grambling, and uh, I, I read the report on him, and it's funny, it said in pass protection, sometimes his feet stop churning. Well, sometimes your feet can't help but churn uh, as well. So, we'll get it. That's Those are the undrafted free agents. And believe me, I have interviewed all pros on this show who were not drafted. I have dealt... Uh, with guys who have generational wealth who were not drafted. Once you get to camp, you know, it's not like like college. I mean, it is a little bit. But in college, there's no doubt that the guy who's on scholarship is going to get playing time. The walk-on is not going to get playing time unless the walk-on is ludicrous. Yeah, the rapper. He has to be amazingly better for that to happen. But in the NFL, hell, if you're better, you know, the GM might be a little bit embarrassed at first and give every chance to the guy he drafted. But if you're better, then he'll just brag, oh, I found this guy on the street. Look what I did. I remember Reggie McKenzie found a couple. They go, look how well he's drafting. He found a couple. I go, look, if you just throw a net out on 10 guys on the street and one of them's okay, I don't know if that's uh, impressive or not. All right, we'll talk more draft on the other side with Trevor Sykema. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Byline.
9: How can I promote my new curbside pickup service?
10: It's possible with Staples Connect. I need custom floor
8: decals that'll get noticed, not just walked on. Also possible, Staples Connect can help
11: your business grow with custom printed sales and marketing materials. And now get 15% off signs, posters, and decals when you spend $75 or more. Explore what's new at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store.
8: Ends 529. Visit staples.com signage for details.
10: Hi, this is Ron Barr, and I've got great news for anyone suffering from ongoing pain due to aging, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living. Relief Factor is a 100% research-based formula that was created to combat the root causes of inflammation. Relief Factor is designed to address sore muscles, stiff joints, aches, and the general discomfort you may feel. There are four key ingredients, and each approaches the body's natural inflammatory response function from a different metabolic pathway. And they've got something special for Sports Byline Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just $19.95. That's only 95 cents a day. Head to relieffactor.com or call 1-800-500-8384. Relief Factor helps to support a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort from the effects of daily living. And you can get yours at relieffactor.com or by calling 1-800-500-8384. Your life, your freedom. Get back to living at relieffactor.com
12: O-towels, tub. O-towels. At Tubba Towels, we started with the toughest
6: messes and quickly realized Tubba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes can clean just about anything like stubborn brake dust, spilled paint, even permanent marker. There's literally thousands of uses. Proudly made in the USA with over 30,000 five star reviews. Find Tubba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes at your local auto parts store, the Home Depot, Lowe's, and more. Look for the big yellow tub.
11: Uh, th- playoffs.
4: chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat
3: Boy. Oh, I don't know about that. But anyway, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. You may be a part of the equation if you so desire at uh, 1-800-87A-PLAY one 800 The email address is rick at sportsbyline.com can always go there. Also on uh, Twitch as well, back on the uh, stream uh, after 14 months uh, because there's nothing like watching a guy wearing reading glasses uh, talk about sports. I know that's my dream. We'll get uh, Trevor Sycamore on the show when we get him, and then we'll throw him on the air. But the situation in Green Bay... I mean, was there a, a brighter spotlight on any other team? Not because of the draft picks, but just because of that cloud that was hovering over Aaron Rodgers' desire to leave town. And then you think about the GM Brian kunst good art. Could he have had a more crucial draft? Before we get into all that, this all started with the Jordan Love pick. And I said... Before, there are Jordan loves in every draft. There's going to be that guy who's pretty intriguing, and you'd probably say that Trey Lance was the Jordan love of this draft. Didn't play against huge competition. How is he? Is he good? Is he not good? That type of thing. We'll get into that in a second, but we do have Trevor Sykema with us now, senior NFL reporter with the Draft Network and co-host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast as well. Trevor, welcome to the show. Uh, indulge me, if you may. Let's just start off with my... Raiders, And uh, it seems that Mike Mayock uh, just... He's, he doesn't care what the other 31 teams do. He doesn't care what uh, scouting services do. He'll fall in love with a guy, and he doesn't really understand draft capital and perceived value. He'll just go ahead and take a reach. And I have nothing against Alex Leatherwood, but for a guy that they probably could have have gotten in the uh, second round. Uh, They take at 17 when there were other bigger names on the board. What would you, first of all, say your assessment of uh, Alex Leatherwood, the tackle out of Alabama, at 17?
11: You know, Alex Leatherwood gives you a high ceiling, and I think that that's that's what's got to be the most alluring part of him. He's a former five-star recruit has played a lot of different positions on the offensive line. He's played right guard. He's played right tackle. He's played left tackle. And so he gives you a lot of versatility. He's a really athletic offensive lineman. They just don't make him as athletic as Alex Leatherwood is. That's why he had this such a high recruiting rating. But with him bouncing around at a couple of different spots at Alabama, he really didn't have the chance to master any of those spots. So he comes into the NFL a little raw. You know, and he'll go back to right tackle and he's played it before and that's okay. But you know if the Raiders are starting him week one at right tackle, I think that uh, he's going to get exposed a little bit. It's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, a learning lesson for him in his first year. You like it, um, but there were, like you just said, there, there were other offensive linemen off the board. I look at Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins was... The offensive lineman that everyone continued to mock for the, the Las Vegas Raiders because it made so much sense. He's got two years as a starter at Oklahoma State. His tape was dominant. He was a great finisher. He was an aggressive offensive lineman. You figured that Gruden was going to absolutely love him, and here they are. And I guess the Raiders just said, hey, he doesn't, he doesn't play at a big enough program uh, because that's that's certainly what their M.O. is right now. The Raiders are only picking guys in the top who played at big programs, who now, may have had a lot of experience, been senior players, been captains, leader of the team. And I get it. These are all really nice intangibles to have. But if you ask me, the problem with the Raiders draft process isn't that they value those things. It's that they have those things as their main components of why to draft a player. Those need to be X factors. Those need to be what puts you over the top, and I just feel like that's not what the Raiders are doing. They're emphasizing coming from their big bigger programs, having a lot of experience, being an upperclassman, being a potential team captain. That is going above things like players who just straight up have better tape. And I think that that's the biggest problem right now with the Raiders when you look at the last three drafts under Mike Mayock is just, they're not prioritizing the right things. The things that they look for, they're great and they matter, but the tape matters more. That's that. That's what worries me the most about Mayock right now in control with the Las Vegas Raiders.
3: No doubt about Jenkins. Dara Saw was there as well, and uh, you're right. Mayock loves guys who win outlands. I mean, you look at uh, Cleveland Farrell as well. That to me, the the worst of all so far was the Damon Arnett, Arnett pick. Uh, well, I can get into that <laughs> another time. Uh, as I uh, trash the Raiders, but they did end up with Trevor Mayring. That, to me, saved their draft, and if you had flip-flopped Leatherwood and Mayring, I wouldn't be saying a peep right now. But what do you think, just real quick, about the rest of the bunch? And I'm not going to hold their feet to the fire in the later rounds, but Malcolm Kuntz, Divine Diablo, Tyree Gillespie, Nate Hobbs, Jimmy Morrissey, any of those names intrigue you?
11: Yeah, I mean, when I look at the Raiders draft, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Trayvon Merrick is the best pick there. He, he he makes the most sense. I think he's going to have the biggest impact. But it it was puzzling to me the rest of the players that they drafted because, like, Devon Diablo, like, he he's fine. Like, he, he's a good safety piece. But they, they literally just drafted one the round before. And they've already got John Abram on the team. They signed Carl Joseph. They've got Jeff Heath as well. And so it's like, okay, you draft another safety. I don't really understand that probably could have addressed it somewhere else. And then they go out in the fourth round, they draft another safety in Tyree Gillespie. And I think that these are good football players, but I don't really know how they get the Raiders over the hump. You know, I I, I just don't know how much they do for you here, because even if you're playing big nickel packages, even if you have three safeties in there, who's not playing? Which guy are you giving up on? You giving up on Abrams after three years? Are you giving up on one of these free agents you gave money to? Are you? I, I just it, it, It's just very confusing to me the way that they drafted there. I thought that Malcolm Kuntz was very overdrafted in the third round. Certainly they needed an edge rusher, but I was pretty shocked for him to be their choice there in the third round. And You know there are other guys, Nate Hobbs, Jimmy Morrissey. You know they're 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 solid players, but they're fifth, seventh round picks. So you're not sure how much you're getting from them, anyways. It was just a strange draft, and I feel like we say that every year with the Raiders. And either one day it's all going to snap into place, and it's all going to come down the pipe, and they're going to go see I told you so, or it's going to crash and burn pretty soon here. And so again, this is another draft class where I didn't mind the players selected, but why were they selected as, as individually? I like their talent, but I didn't understand why they were all in the same draft class, especially for this Raiders team. And so that's a big reason why I'm scratching my head. And they had one of my lower draft grades. A
3: couple more questions for Trevor Sikama. The, uh, the whole thing with the Niners at three, and I was on the air when they made that trade with two more future number ones. And I said, this has got to be Trey Lance, maybe Justin Fields. And then as the weeks went on, I kept seeing mock drafts for Mac Jones. And, I, you know, I, this whole thing about being pro-ready, that's what we heard about Jimmy Clausen, who I didn't like. That's what we heard about Josh Rosen, who I didn't like in the draft. And I said there's, you know, for a guy who passed up on Deshaun Watson and on Patrick Mahomes like Kyle Shanahan did, he didn't trade his whole future to get a guy who in his you know, Mac Jones, the best he's ever going to be is maybe a, a Garoppolo. Like he's going to, somebody has intrigued him there. Why is it as we got down farther in the draft that there were people who watch football who actually thought that the Niners traded their whole future to get Mac Jones? What was that all about? Because that seemed insane that anyone would think that.
11: I think it was more of the behind-the-scenes stuff than necessarily the tape things. And, and I'll go out and I'll say this to start. You know, the Mac Jones hate, I feel like, went too far. Uh, you know, when when we were talking about him as a number 3 overall pick, okay, well, that's too far in the other direction, right? I mean, he should not have been the number 3 overall pick. He was not the third-best player in this class. He was not the third-best quarterback in this class. But I thought he could be a solid starter, and I think the reason why people entertained the idea of him maybe going number three overall is because of two things one sources from inside the league were certain that leaking things out of what it might be and two there was a lot of positive reports about how he was able to progress this past season one thing in particular that I remember is Steve Sar- Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator at Alabama he came out and said at the end of the year I've, I've never given a quarterback more freedom in my entire career both NFL and college football I've never put more on any quarterback's plate than I have with Mac Jones, and he was able to digest it and, and get the play out where exactly it needed to go and improve as a passer. And I think that that all kind of stacked up and made people think, wow, I guess it could be Mac Jones. But to your credit and to your point, it never should have been. It, it, Trace Trey I mean, Lance and Justin Fields, they give you the higher ceiling. They're the better prospects, and they were chosen as such. And so looking back now at the draft, it all came down the way that it needed to, uh, Mac Jones was QB5, and it's fine that he was QB5. He goes 15 to the Patriots, and I think that that's a great spot, but I never thought it was him as the pick at number 3 overall. Uh, I, I just think it didn't make any sense, and I think the Niners made the right call with Trey Lance.
3: Yeah, he. I think um, you're right. Mac Jones went exactly where he should have gone. One more question for you. I mentioned Justin Fields. Um, I, I thought for where the Bears have been, And it's funny because some Bears fan told me we've never had a franchise quarterback in our history. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I guess not McNann. I guess not Bob Avellini or, you know, some of these other guys that you've had, uh, Doug Flutie. And they said maybe this is our first ever franchise quarterback. For them, with the Foles thing and now Trubisky being Josh Allen's backup and – In Buffalo and bringing in Andy Dalton for a year, some people said that they overpaid. I think it's a bold move. Then they got to get Tevin Jenkins to help him. I think I like what the Bears did, taking a shot at Fields here. What do you think?
11: Oh, I mean, I think that this was this was the best selection the entire draft. And even if it comes out that you know Justin Fields plays out his career and he's not as good as we thought he was, and he's not the franchise favorite for Chicago, that doesn't make this test any less of the right move. It really doesn't because this, when it, this was a draft where Ryan Pace, the general manager, Matt Nagy, the head coach, their backs were against the wall. And if the arrow didn't start pointing up after this next year, both of these guys were gone. They were going to clean house. And they were sitting here with the 20th overall pick. What are they going to do? What are they going to do at number 20? Nothing. I mean, they, they, they weren't even going to get QB5 at pick number 20. And so they were patient. They waited. They waited. Justin Fields is available at number 11. They pick up the phone. They call Dave Gettleman, who doesn't really has never really traded back before, actually never traded back before. And they were able to move up from 20 to 11 for a relatively cheap price because Gettleman doesn't have a lot of experience moving back. I thought all things considered, the move up to go get Justin Fields, was a brilliant move, and then continuing to stay aggressive, keeping your foot on the gas pedal, going up to get Kevin, Kevin Jenkins at the top of the second round, is a home run for me. I mean, the the Bears had a bleak situation going into this draft, and they came up with two players that you really, really love in their biggest areas of need. This is exactly what Pagliu needed to do. They had to change the trajectory. They had to get aggressive, and they had to go make their own luck, go take control of their own destiny, if you will. And I think that they executed that brilliantly by getting the two players they did at the top of their draft.
3: We just have 20 seconds. Who is your favorite kind of afterthought quarterback with the Kellen Mond, the Trask, the Davis Mills, the, the books of the world? Who did you like at all those?
11: I, I like Kellen Mond the most. I like that situation there. He, he has potential starter uh, a, a pathway, depending on what happens with Kirk Cousins over the next couple of years. I like the talent. He's got the experience. He, he brings you a lot of tools. And so I, I think that that fit makes the most sense there.
3: Yeah, and they did well. They wanted to tackle. They moved down to 23, and there's Derrissaw sitting right there. Hey, great talking yeah. with uh, Trevor Sykema from, of course, the uh, Draft Network co-host of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Uh, Trevor, great talking to you. Thanks for your expertise, and uh, let's do it again sometime. All right, sounds great. Anytime, guys. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back.
1: That's 800-760-1845. Come on, you watch the news, be prepared to pay more taxes.
10: Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. <laughs> Good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than 1000
1: If you owe the IRS 5000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635.
3: You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just wanted to say... And I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you you very much. Don't interrupt me, please.
13: Thank you.
9: You
4: must be crazy. Use a DOG. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: Hey, thank you for that. And welcome back. We still got another couple hours. You know, I was watching uh, soccer yesterday. My team beat a team that was already relegated for nothing. It was fun. Gareth Bale hat trick. Woo But later on, I turned on the TV and I still had NBC Sports Network on and they were showing MotoGP. I always hear Bill Burr talk about how he likes it. You know, it's that motorcycle racing where you, like, lean completely sideways. But they started this race, and it was in Spain. And the announcers are talking to a guy, and you could see the GoPro on his face, and I'm like, how can they talk to the guy when he's racing? It was a warm-up lap. I didn't know they'd do that. They don't do that with car racing. But then I remember that you could see the ads as you go by, and one of the ads... That's on the side of the racetrack in Spain, liquid Molly. <laughs> I don't know if that translates to the U.S. market, but if you go to Spain, make sure to buy some liquid Molly and support MotoGP. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick news break. Come on back on SportsBound. Wow.
6: S.A. Radio News with Lance Pride.
7: The exact cost of human lives lost at the U.S. Mexico border is unknown, but it is continuing to deteriorate. And Sunday, tragedy strikes again. Officials in San Diego, California report at least four legal immigrants died, and many more were injured when a human smuggler's overloaded 40-foot wooden vessel crashed into a reef and disintegrated off the coast of Point Loma. Jeffrey Stevenson is with Customs and Border Protection.
3: So every indication from our perspective is that this was a smuggling vessel. You into the United States legally. Uh, We haven't confirmed the nationality of the the people involved, but uh, our agents are with many of them at the hospital. And uh, the man who we believe was the operator, uh, agents are with them and uh, a suspected uh, smuggler, but uh, the investigation is still unfolding.
7: Stevenson said the destroyed boat appeared to be attempting to blend in with commercial vessels before capsizing onto the rocky coastline. USA Radio News.
14: Who's really running the country? Joe Biden? the first lady kamala harris maybe barack obama already kamala harris is the most powerful vice president in history all this week newsmax's greg kelly asks the tough questions about joe biden and who's really in charge of the white house every night this week greg kelly is on newsmax giving you the news you need to know so watch greg kelly tonight at 7 p.m. and 11 p.m. eastern and see his series who's really in charge Newsmax TV is America's fourth highest-rated cable news network. Everyone is talking about Newsmax. Find Newsmax on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable system, tell them you want it. Or get Newsmax free on your smart TV. Or tune into Roku, Amazon Fire, Pluto, Zumo, or YouTube. Or just download the free Newsmax TV app on your smartphone and watch us anytime, anywhere. Millions of Americans are watching Newsmax. So should you. The
7: 2020 census continues to bring a wealth of data about Americans and the lives we live. Jeremy Scott with the Oregon USA Radio News Bureau reports.
11: The Census Bureau found that over two-thirds of voters cast their ballots by mail or before Election Day in the 2020 presidential election. Sixty-nine percent of voters nationwide took advantage of the expansion of mail and early voting options in numerous states, a significant jump from 40 percent in the 2016 election. Epic Times reports the survey found that the increase in non-traditional voting was driven by mail-in voting, which more than doubled to 43 percent. Several Republican states have an or are considering legislative measures in an attempt to protect the integrity of the ballot box.
7: The United States' 2020 population is estimated at 331,002,651 people. Republicans Susan Wright and Jake Elsey advanced this weekend to a runoff election for Texas' 6th Congressional District. The Democrats were voted out with not enough votes. This is USA Radio News. A great sign the United States is exiting the coronavirus pandemic, the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, is now at 80% capacity for restaurants, clubs, shows, and concerts. Las Vegas Councilwoman Michelle Fiore tells Fox News everyone is excited.
11: I'm very excited. First of all, the business owners have been ready. They have their plans in place.
2: We're at 80 percent capacity. We're going to go to 100 very quickly. We are vaccinated over 50 percent. As soon as we hit that 60 percent mark, we'll be at 100 percent. I, and I say within a couple of weeks, we'll be there. We're not six feet apart anymore. We're three feet apart. And when you think about that with our nightlife and with our clubbing and no matter what kind of dancing, whether you're dancing country at Stonies. You know, six feet apart when you're dancing is a bit
7: rough. Last year at this time, Nevada had a 30% unemployment rate. It's now at 8%. Celebrity chef Todd English says quality workers are biting at the bit to get back to work.
12: The quality of person that wants to work, coming back. And people don't want to be sitting at
1: home anymore. People want to work and, you know, contribute to society and and, and just work for themselves, you know, for their own personal well-being. So I, f- I find that we're getting really good quality people back I've had maybe in the last two days uh while I was at the the restaurant people coming up and going chef thank you so much for hiring me I'm so excited to be back to work awesome so that's a good sign you know so I'm really I mean I don't know when the last time someone said that to me (laughs) but now it's really exciting
7: for USA Radio News I'm Lance Pry.
3: Thank you for that. And uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. Downtown San Francisco. First time I've said that since uh, March of uh, last year. So it's nice to have you with us. Fully vaxxed. Even if you believe the pandemic is a hoax, if you get vaxxed, you can go places and do things. (laughs) So uh, there's that, too, as well. By the way, did you hear in that newscast they said that there are multiple Air Force bases and now an Army base that have a tattoo parlor on the base? How do you avoid getting a tattoo when it's literally on the base and you might be stuck on the base and everybody is getting tats? I don't have a tattoo because it's just not my my generation yet a tattoo. You were either in the Navy or you were in prison. Um, and uh, if I got tattoos when I was 18, they would say Black Sabbath, Dead Kennedys, The Exploited, you know, st- stuff like that. I remember a friend of mine, my my age, joined the Marines and he got a Marine tattoo before he went in and I everything. That's not a good idea. And then they, they saw that he had a tattoo and so they basically beat the hell out of him every day in boot camp and then he quit. So we actually never (laughs) never did go on the Marines. But anyway, I digress. Got some guests coming up. In fact, we're going to be joined by a guest in Bolivia. How about that? Uh, We'll also have um, director Dan Hardy from Discovery uh, Plus features Citizen Penn about uh, Sean Penn. And you know Sean Penn, has, uh, he's uh, taken upon himself to be a uh, humanitarian and a kind of a ersatz uh, ad hoc ambassador for the United States sometimes as well, so we'll talk to him. And, uh, of course, looking at the uh, draft as the dust has settled, did you like it? I liked one of the Raider picks. Um, the other one I kind of like. As I said, flip-flop first and second round, kind of like Harrison Bronze, Barnes and Draymond Green or like Poole and Pascal. If you want to give some warrior references. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come on back.
5: And now, today's cleaning tip from Tubbetowl's heavy duty cleaning wipes. Most people are disinfecting more frequently these days, but did you know there's a difference between disinfecting and cleaning? Cleaning is the first step before disinfecting and is needed on a regular basis to remove germs, dirt, and dust from surfaces. Plus, keeping a clean surface helps minimize the growth of future germs. And now a word from tub-a- tub!
6: oh, towels.) Tub! Oh, at Tubba Towels, we started with the toughest messes and quickly realized Tubba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes can clean just about anything, like stubborn brake dust, spilled paint, even permanent marker. There's literally thousands of uses. Proudly made in the USA with over 30,000 five star reviews. Find Tubba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes at your local auto parts store, the Home Depot, Lowe's, and more. Look for the big yellow tub. Come now
7: I
2: need these boxes in Bin 7. Oh, hello? Hi. I just wanted to call in and find out when Whitney's week. warehouse foreman just retired, and the replacement needs to move to fulfillment. Hold on. Guys, can we get the dock cleared now? Indeed can help her hire the people she needs. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. When you sponsor a job, you immediately get your short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
8: Check out Channel
3: 9. Check out Rick Tunnell. All right. Uh, check me out. Uh, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. When we get our guests, Jose Duran, we'll uh, throw him on the air. 1-800-878-PLAY. <clears throat> Number two, get in and get heard. So I was starting to allude to the Green Bay situation and now hearing rumors uh, Jeremy Fowler says that, uh, Jeremy Shamp, ESPN, Jeremy Fowler saying that uh, maybe he's intrigued by the Raiders. Well, this all started with the ridiculous Jordan Love situation. They had to have him. And the Packers, of course, remember they played in the NFC title game the year before Jordan Love. They lost to the 49ers and went to the Super Bowl and lost. But they were right there, and they got to the Final Four, so to speak, again last year. Here's the thing. When they had Aaron Rodgers fall into their laps at, what, 24 whatever it was, when he got drafted in, oh, whatever it was, <laughs> when he fell into their laps, they said we couldn't, <clears throat> we, we couldn't pass on him, which was the right choice. But reports were in camp that Aaron Rodgers was lighting it up. That was the thing. Brett Favre didn't really take him under his wing. You know, you're trying to take my job, but it's like, oh my gosh, Aaron Rodgers looks so good. Here's the thing about Jordan Love Jordan Love was third string all year. The guy Boyle was the backup, who's now gone. Jordan Love got no reps. They went out, they traded up into the first round to get Jordan Love, and he didn't even get reps. And there's a Jordan Love in every draft. As I said, you could probably say Trey Lance was the Jordan Love of of this last draft, but he was more accomplished than Jordan Love was. So the first pick at 29, what are they gonna do? Get Aaron Rodgers a weapon or get him a lineman to protect him? Now they went out and they got Eric Stokes. Now, did they need a corner? Yeah. They have Jair Alexander on one side, um, and so they needed a corner. Some people thought maybe they reached a little bit, but it's like, ooh, Aaron Rodgers is mad. Look, you can't draft to make Aaron Rodgers happy or sad. It's not like they're going to draft a receiver and he'd be like, "Mm, okay, I think I'll stay. That's not how it works. Mm, Now I get to throw to that guy, I think I'll hang around. No. Um, And then... In the uh, second round, they got Josh Myers, who was the Ohio State center, and Corey Lindsley departed. So that helps Rodgers. And then most excitingly, if you looked for the sexy pick, it was in the third round they took Amari Rodgers, who's a very exciting uh, slot receiver. And then they took a fourth-rounder offensive lineman, Royce Newman, and then they went with the secondary again in the fifth round, a guy named Shamar Jean-Charles. It's a very good name. Shamar Jean-Charles. But Green Bay already boasted a playoff-caliber roster. So Gutekunst's picks added some short- and long-term upside to the areas of need, cornerback, offensive line, and wide receiver. And yet, no one is going to call them winners of the draft. Why? because they didn't reconcile with their cornerback. It's sort of like if you say, you know, I don't like what the Seahawks did in this draft. Well, they traded a pick to get Jamal Adams. So you have to include Jamal Adams. Teams that gave up picks to get someone in a bizarre yet sensical way, you have to include those guys in the draft with quotes. But You could be, you know, like if you think about, you know, is is Myers a guy that's going to start on on day one? Uh, I guess. But if you look at Oklahoma's Creed Humphrey or Michigan's Jalen Mayfield, those guys were rated higher centers. How many teams spent a second-round pick on a center, you know? Uh, And apparently this guy is, you know, not as versatile. That's, That's just getting nitpicky. But... You just couple everything with the Rodgers hysteria. And if they felt like they didn't, uh, some people say, well, they need to get a quarterback in case he leaves. Uh, no, don't you remember the last draft? They went out and got that quarterback. Oh, yeah. So you think about teams that, I mean, do you like the the, the draft? Usually you do, you like the draft because you look at <coughs> the first guy they took. Right. I was surprised to see J.C. Horn go before Patrick Certain. That was a guy. Uh, and of course, that was with uh, Carolina, but that's who uh, Matt Rule wanted. If you look at Cleveland, the corner, Greg Newsom, um, he'll come in and probably start right away. But, you know, you think about Jeremiah Owusu Koromora, a, a linebacker who I would have been. More than happy if the Raiders had drafted him seventeen. He went in the second round as well. So, I mean, that's a, a hybrid player there. I like that. The the Vikings, as I said, they they wanted a tackle at fourteen. They moved down to twenty three. And Riley Reef has left and Christian Derisaw just drops right in there. The linebacker, I Eric, lost Eric Wilson. They got Chaz Surratt, which I thought was good value in the third round. And then, as we were talking earlier with Trevor Sykema, the Kellen Maughan situation. Kellen Maughan was a judge to have the best arm of any prospect in this whole draft. But, you know, I, I think you need to give a little salute to Dave Get Dave Gettleman in New York as well. Now, the 20th overall pick on Kadarius Toney – the the thing about Tony, he was just a little bit too injury prone. But if you look about, uh, if you look at Aziz Ojulari, who was a consensus first round linebacker, he got him in the second round, and then the cornerback Aaron Robinson in the third got a really good grade as well. But remember, they picked up a first round pick next year. They picked up a fourth and a fifth next year as well to the dealing, which I thought was good. I also think, I mean, you think now. Uh, Howie Roseman in Philadelphia, that team was so stripped down, and yet they were able to have Devontae Smith when they after they made the trade and where they are. And that's a fantastic pick. And I know Jalen Waddell, his teammate, went before him, but I would much rather have Smith. Jalen Waddle is this year's is he's either this year's um uh Tyreek Hill or he's this year's Henry Ruggs. By the Raiders the Raiders got one one game where Henry Ruggs hit the home run, and that was the game against the Jets, which the Jets, when they were winless, and they should have won, and ended up coaching their, uh, costing their head coach a job. But for the Eagles to get Devontae Smith one, and then Landon Dickerson the tackle two, I mean that's just an absolute, one hundred percent ironclad endorsement of Jalen Hurts. Here's your former college teammate who won the Heisman Trophy. How often does a wide receiver win the Heisman Trophy? What, every 20 years? And then here's a tackle to protect you as well. And then I liked what the Niners did. You know, it, it, Trey Lance, that's boom or bust. But the good thing is he doesn't have to step right in. They can do what they did in Kansas City. They can let – and you know what? Garoppolo and, and Kyle went out of his way to say, hey, Jimmy's good when He's mad. Well, I don't know about mad, but fighting for a job. I like Garoppolo. It's just that he can never never stay healthy too long. I know some people questioned the Trey Sermon pick uh, out of Ohio State. Um, some people didn't like it, or maybe they thought that the Niners already had enough with the Mosterts of the world. Look, you can't – when you have these offensive coaches like Gruden and Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan – you see a guy on the board, a running back you can use in the passing game. You're like, I can't stand it. Please, please give me, give me Trey Sermon. But their whole draft is going to be on uh, what they did with uh, Trey Lance. And you know, we'll also take a look at some of the teams that maybe didn't do so well as well. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Sportsylon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906, 800-338-6906, that's 800-338-6906, paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
11: It doesn't really matter. I I don't like my job and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore.
4: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: All right. uh, Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, downtown San Francisco. Nice to have you with us, wherever you're listening, coast to coast and around the world, on the American Forces Radio Network uh, as well. Nice to bring in director uh, Don Hardy, and uh, he's here to talk about uh, a new feature on Discovery and Discovery+. Plus called Citizen Penn. Don, welcome to the show. When did this all come together? What was the uh, the genesis behind this project?
13: Hi, Rick. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, well, it goes back to, you know, actually about 2005 when I first met uh, Sean Penn, and he uh, agreed to help with the, the first independent documentary I was putting together, a movie called Witch Hunt. It was about wrongful conviction, and you know, as I met him around that, and he, he ultimately uh, narrated and executive produced that film, and it, it came out in two thousand eight. And then a couple years later, I happened to be with him a uh, day or two after the earthquake in Haiti happened, and he was trying to organize a plane of supplies to go to go there uh, to try to do a little bit of good. Figured to be a, a couple weeks, but it turned into much more, and. A uh, month or two later, uh, I was in Haiti with a couple of my friends just filming some footage to try to help get the word out there about what was going going on in Haiti. And so we shared footage with CNN and other news outlets. Uh, but what we saw happening in front of our eyes is this, you know, this undertaking where you've got volunteers and medical workers, construction engineers uh, from all over the world coming to Haiti to try to, try to help. And where we were, you know, that, that unit was being led by, by Sean Penn. It just seemed like a, a crazy situation, something that I'd never seen in, in my years as a journalist. Uh, so it felt like the, uh, something that could turn into a documentary. And all these years later, it, it's finally getting out into the world, um, not just in 2010, but everything Sean and this organization he created is done over the past decade. Uh, we tried to tie it together into a, a film that could uh, look back at what went right, what went wrong, what lessons can be learned, and, and also give a bit of a portrait of this man that everybody thinks they they know to some extent, uh, and maybe you'll see him a little bit different after this.
3: Yes, and I should tell everybody it's going to be uh, launching on uh, May 6th in just a couple years. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember there was uh when Sean was in San Francisco a couple of years ago, he was at a, a bar at uh, one of the hotels and you know, it's the new era. People came up and they started you uh, know, one guy started recording him on his phone and he like took the phone and threw it and said, "What am I, an animal at the zoo?" And you know, I remember him going on Letterman and kind of being a little bit, you know, kind of sullen, a very quiet is he a guy who's <laughs> yeah. sort? Of, is he is he misunderstood because obviously the philanthropy is there to see, but then some people think uh, I don't want to say the wrong word or I'm going to get punched. Is is that a is that a undeserved sort of view of him?
13: I don't know if it's undeserved. I think it. If you if you really think about you know now that I've I've known him and, and been in in his orbit now for say fifteen sixteen years. A lot of it in the Bay Area. It's that's where I am. It's where he, he used to live, and that's where we met. You know, I, I've been around him on a couple of those occasions where there's just no personal space given, um, you know, and, and he's had this now for the bulk of his life, for some 40 years. He's had people you know, in, in his face and not respecting any of that privacy. So, you know, I think that that is certainly there. Uh, but the other side that is definitely lacking is this guy that really tries to be. A pretty normal individual and and live his life without thinking about, uh, I don't know, his social media footprint or something, you know, he he just tries to be pretty genuine. And I certainly saw that in Haiti. And I've seen it uh, more recently here. Uh, Last I saw him was in Oakland as he was setting up a COVID-19 testing site here uh, in the East Bay. Um, and he was having a lot of the same conversations with local leaders here that I saw him have in Haiti all those years ago, where he listens to what the community needs and and what their thoughts are. So you know, to me, it, it's pretty rare. Individuals certainly don't agree with everything he says and does, but uh, but it is interesting to see that other side.
3: It's interesting too, and and I, listen, I know the, the, you're not Sean Penn, but <laughs> you did a film. You did a film about him, but you know he. He was very public with his friendship, personal friendship, with Hugo Chavez, uh, the Venezuelan uh, president. Um, when he went down to Argentina, he talked about giving the uh, Las Malvinas or the Falklands back to Argentina, which the Daily Telegraph in London said, well, why don't you return your Malibu estate to the Mexicans? What, what is it about? Um, it, it almost seems like he, he's looking for something controversial to do. But on the other hand, um, wherever he goes, he's always uh, embraced. And you don't do that just because the guy's a celebrity. I mean, he's very good at making friends, I guess.
13: Yeah. Well, when I first met him, he was just coming off of his trips to Iraq and Iran in the early 2000s. And the amazing amount of heat he took for that, and really what he was doing is, is going to, he's trying to use, his celebrity to find out what's beyond the official story. And I think that can work for you, but it can certainly work against you in this age of 24 hour media cycle. Um, And, you know, especially when you have one network that seems to just be okay, you know, preaching lies every day and and, uh, in Fox news. Um, So I think it's challenging to try to have that, to put yourself out there in any way. And he seems to not care about what comes back from these expeditions, whether it's more recently with El Chapo or, uh, or you know, what you mentioned with, with you know, Chavez is an interesting one because as we point out in our film, his relationship with Hugo Chavez was huge, instrumental in getting, uh, getting medicine to the people of Haiti. Uh, he was able to do things that our government absolutely couldn't do, and I think very few uh, leaders of NGOs would even think to do in reaching out to Chavez, to a very polarizing figure, um, and getting these supplies donated.
3: The whole thing with El Chapo, too, I mean, that was about five years ago, and he got the secret interview, and I know that the U.S. and Mexican governments had a fit, and the Attorney General of Mexico was going to try to throw him in. In jail as well. None, yeah. of, none of this was approved. And I just remember, like, what, what would be the purpose of doing an interview with Joaquin El Chapo Guzman? I mean, you're not helping Haitians. You're not. I, it just seemed kind of a weird fit. What was the whole purpose behind that?
13: I, I don't really know, and I hesitate to speak for him. The, what I do know is that is, the idea was he was. I think Sean really wants to be a journalist. And a lot of his expeditions to these off the, uh, you know, places we most of us couldn't go, uh, including interviewing Raul Castro many years ago and, you know, the Iraq and Iran and then El Chapo, his, his idea was he was going to write a story about our failed drug war from the inside of, of meeting this guy. Now, I, now, I'm not sure that's a good idea or a reasonable approach, but it's the one he decided to take. And, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it, it worked out too well.
3: No, and I. Who was the guy? The American businessman in in Bolivia, and he got thrown in jail, but he was never charged. And then he went down to Bolivia. He got him out of jail, and he nursed him. He nursed him back to health. So there's there. It's a very complex thing. So um, it is. But for you, this is mostly. Uh, about that horrible earthquake in, in Haiti and and what he I know that uh, I had a friend here, John Baker, who I used to do shows with, and he played Major League Baseball, and he went down to Haiti and he said he couldn't believe that people were washing their clothes in the same uh, water in which they were defecating in, and it's just abject poverty like like we've never seen. So that's something that I think a lot of people, especially in America, would we would find quite shocking, wouldn't we? Uh,
13: yeah, very much so. And Haiti is. Uh is a place that, you know, is, I think, very misunderstood. Maybe, maybe that's why Sean, Sean likes it so much there. Is that, you know, he's misunderstood. They're misunderstood. Um, it, it's, a, it's a difficult country to get things done in. And I think when Sean went there with this, you know, ragtag group of about 30 people, uh, he really thought, you know, hey, a couple of weeks we can get this country, you know, we can do some good and then head back to our, our lives. But once he arrived there, he realized the need was so much greater. And that's when he makes this decision, as you see unfold in, in, in our film. Uh, he makes this decision to stay and to begin running this camp of up to 60,000 displaced people on the only golf course in Haiti. You know, It's a nine-hole golf course It's just full of people that all fl- fl- flooded there after the earthquake because it was one of the few places in the city of Port-au-Prince that nothing could fall on them. There were no buildings overhanging. There was nothing like that. So Sean's organization starts running that, and now he's in it for the long haul. But I bet if you know if you asked him right then, they would have been there six months, a year. But now we're 10 years on, and his organization is still going strong there in that country that is in great turmoil right now.
3: Yeah. And, well, well, and sorry.
13: his organization is now doing work – of elsewhere, yes. uh, including
3: the U.S. The core organization, not to cut you off, we're out of time. I want to make sure everybody checks out our guest, Don Hardy, his uh, film on Discovery Plus launching on May 6th called Citizen Pen with an original song by Bono as well. Hey, Don, congratulations on the film, and thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it.
13: Thanks so much, Rick. I appreciate the
3: time. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports SportsBuyland.
5: And now today's rust-eating tip of the day, presented by Free All Deep Penetrating Oil. You're all set for a quick tire rotation until you have a rusted-on wheel. Coat those lug nuts in penetrating oil, let them sit for a few minutes, and you'll have them off in a cinch. Now give a generous spray into each mounting hole, place a 2x4 on the outer edge of the wheel, and smack the wood with a mallet, just enough to create some braking force and vibration. Repeat if necessary. And now a word from Free All.
12: Time for your Small Business Report presented by Dell Small Business. It's been proven in one study after another that multitasking
1: makes you about 3,000 times less productive. So don't let yourself or your employees fall into it don't think you can absorb information from a podcast while also going through your email or deal with your Twitter notifications while you're on a conference call with your suppliers. By doing one thing at a time, you'll find that you actually get more done in a day and that you'll make fewer mistakes that you have to go back and deal with later. And that's your Dell Small Business Report. It's Small Business Month,
12: and Dell Technologies and Windows are celebrating your unstoppable drive. Save up to 45% on powerful PCs with Windows 10 Pro to work from anywhere. Plus, top monitors and docks for the ultimate business setup, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Speak to a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right business tech, server, storage, and cloud solutions at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL for Small Business Month savings.
10: Head to ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-500-8384. Relief Factor helps to support a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort from the effects of daily living. And you can get yours at ReliefFactor.com or by calling 1-800-500-8384. Your life, your freedom. Get back to living at ReliefFactor.com. Now you see that evil
12: will always triumph because good is dumb.
4: Rick Tittle always goes commando.
3: Oh, thank you for that. And uh, welcome back to the uh, program. Rick Tittle with you and on uh, Twitch as well. I've got this terrible Twitch. (laughs) Uh, Open lines the uh, rest of the way. I guess the Bolivia guy is a no-show. That's okay. Um, You know, after every draft, you start to hear... Well, we, we were trying to get him. Who? We, we were. Oh, you were? Who is it this time? Uh, reports are that it was Minnesota that really wanted Justin Fields. Well, he dropped out of the top ten, so you didn't try hard enough, did you? Ha. Huh? They did get Texas A&M's Kellen Mond, but uh, the GM, Rick Spielman, said... He tried to go up to 14, and look, he went down to 23. He got Christian Darasaw. That's not bad. But here's the thing. Minnesota watched Carolina at 8 pass on fields. What an endorsement for Sam Darnold. They trade, and they're basically paying three-quarters of his salary of Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos – and then you pass on Justin Fields. You love some Sam Darnold down there, do you? And then Denver, well, remember, they made a move for Drew Locke a couple years ago. And Drew Locke doesn't look like a wash just yet. And then they have Bridgewater, who, you know, nearly threw for 4,000 yards last year. They're like, eh, So suddenly this distant dream looked like it could become a reality. And they started calling and calling and calling, but they didn't act fast enough. Because at 11, he gone. Now, what did Chicago ended up surrendering? Okay, the 20th pick, they moved up nine spots. But next year's draft, for them, uh, no first, no fourth, and no fifth as they made that trade with the New York Giants so listen they have Cousins under contract for two more seasons and in fact next year if they keep him he'll count $45 million against the salary cap I don't know how this stuff works how can it cost more than your salary (laughs) because he's not making $45 million it could be explained to me and then I would instantly forget it. <clears throat> but it's sort of like when you I always say that like drive thru places use French tax. I'd like the ninety nine cent cheeseburger, yeah. And the ninety nine cent fry, yeah, and the ninety nine cent Coke. Okay, seven forty one at the window, please. Wait, what? Seven forty one at the window, please? Okay. All right, one eight hundred Eight seven eight P L A Y. You ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. The other thing is, is of course, the mock draft for 2022. That's right, just for fun. Bear with me. Let me just <laughs> let me just give you the top ten mock draft for next year from Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports. Now remember, Ryan Wilson was one of those guys I said you had to ignore because he spick, he picked. Um, that Mac Jones to the Niners at three. And listen, dumber things have happened, but you just you don't understand the world if you thought that was going to happen. So they have the number one overall pick being Kayvon Thibodeau. The defensive end from Oregon. How about that? And who will have that number one overall pick? Will it be? Houston. Remember, Houston picked Davis Mills. I was so scared of the Raiders in the second round that I was going to hear the name Davis Mills. Uh, second overall pick, Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina. Third overall pick, Derek Stingley Jr. Now, Daryl Stingley was the guy that uh, ran into Jack Tatum and got paralyzed. And everyone said Jack Tatum was the devil and he's horrible. If you watch that clip, Tatum pulls up and Stingley puts his head into Tatum's chest. It was still horrible. But Derek Stingley Jr. is a corner from LSU. Fourth overall pick. We'll see how this holds true. Will I go back and check? No. But let's just listen. Kyle Hamilton is the safety from Notre Dame. Fourth overall. Okay. Evan Neal he is a uh, offensive lineman from Alabama. Darion Kendrick, 6th overall, a corner from Clemson. Zion Nelson, outside linebacker with the U at 7. Uh, pick 8, Spencer Rattler. I always thought he should have gone to Florida A&M where they are, the Rattlers. Uh, that's the Oklahoma quarterback. Now, everybody just... Look, this is a guy that threw 28 touchdown passes last year, and we know how Lincoln Riley, what he does with his QBs, with Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, what have you. The thing to think about Spencer Rattler is he's 6 feet tall. Well, Kyler Murray is 5'10", and uh, Drew Brees is 6 feet. But anyway, Spencer Rattler. Uh, then Kedon Slovis. He's the USC quarterback. Remember, USC quarterbacks, they are dipped in gold and anointed in silver. And then Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback. Hmm. This was a guy who was a two-way threat, ran for nearly a 1,000, and threw for 2,000 last year. Just some early names as we have about, what, 355 days until the next draft. <laughs> But if you look at uh, quarterbacks in the entire uh, first-round mock that I looked at, which you can't even – it's just a big board at this point. The only other quarterback on there was a guy named Desmond Ritter, who I've never heard of. He's the quarterback of the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bearcats. He's another guy who – he's four, but he has run for nearly 2,000 yards so far at his time under center. 1-800-878-PLAY. Now, looking at some of the teams that maybe didn't do so well. Um, I saw that uh, a team that made this list were the Denver Broncos, and I'm going to have to disagree. They got Patrick Sertan in the first round, and they traded up to get to Javante Williams in the second round. They got, in my mind, the best corner in the draft, and they got – what some people thought was the best running back in the draft. Why is that bad? I don't I don't really get it. And it's like, well, you're already paying Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, what is he, my age? There's nothing wrong with the Donkeys draft there. I wish there was, but there wasn't. Uh, the Colts, they got thrown into the what are you doing category along with my radius. And... Uh Quiddy Pay, <coughs> look, I would have taken Quiddy Pay at 17. He was there. Uh that's not a bad first round pick. And then you think about uh Deyu, Oda Yingbo, the defensive end, Sean Davis, the safety. The only thing that the Colts got thrown into this was that they really needed some tackles and they didn't address it. Remember, they took Sam Ellinger in the sixth round. Just a little fun little thing for Carson Wentz to think about. Um, as I said with my, my Raiders, if they had taken Trayvon Meyrig in the first round and Alex Leatherwood in the second round, I would have thought, good job. <clears throat> now the whole thing about are they going to move Jonathan Abram, look, uh, first of all, Eric Harris is gone, thankfully. He signed with Atlanta. He had one great game with two pick-sixes. Other than that, he didn't know how to cover anybody. They, they signed um, Carl Joseph back, who actually had a good year with Cleveland, the guy, I didn't want to correct uh, Sycamore on the air, but the guy Diablo they drafted out of West Virginia, he or Vodtek, I think, he's actually being moved to linebacker, so that's not another safety. But uh, Jonathan Abram has trouble staying on the field because he's injury-prone and also he won't shut up. And the late hits, I mean, how old are you? I knew guys in high school that would do late hits, and then they would get penalized and benched and yelled at and punished, and then they'd learn their lesson. This guy still hasn't learned it. It's like when Draymond keeps talking, keeps talking, gets teed up, keeps talking, don't do it, don't do it, shut up, shut up, you're thrown out. The Saints. Now, I thought getting Paulson debo uh, in the third round was great value. He was one of the best cornerbacks in the Pac-12 out of Stanford. But the defensive end, Peyton Turner, some people don't like him. Uh, Pete Werner, the the linebacker, some people thought was a bit of a reach in the second round. And I'm not an Ian Book guy. I, I don't know why you would draft Ian Book in the fourth round when you're already paying uh, a chunk of money for Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston is there. If Listen, if, if anybody's in the seventh round, I will never criticize a seventh-round pick unless that pick is – for Jerry Burke, you know, I'm never going to criticize it. If Ian Book is still sitting there in the seventh round, go ahead and bring him in. But the fourth round? So as I say, we judge these. A lot of people like to give letter grades. You know, how did you do? <laughs> how did you not do? In the end, we won't really know uh, for a while. So to say winners and losers, I think, is the is the bad Uh, is the bad call. Now, remember when Kyle Shanahan was asked about uh, will Jimmy Garoppolo be on the roster on Sunday and his quote was, I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive on Sunday, so I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday, so that goes for all of us. Remember when he said that? And by the way, Shanahan actually apologized to Garoppolo for that. He said, I totally bombed that on Monday. I hated how that came off. I talked to Jimmy about it right away. I didn't realize that when I did it. A person I have a relationship with who sometimes when he asks me what I think is a silly question, sometimes I mess with him back, and that's kind of what I was doing. That was between me and that guy. That has nothing to do with Jimmy when I said I don't know if we'd be alive on Sunday. I was just trying to get Not get my typical answer of, guys, anybody can be traded if you get a bunch of ones. John should trade me, and I shouldn't be here on Sunday. That's the answer for every person on our team. But Jimmy's situation is, if he isn't here on Sunday, I would be disappointed because Jimmy is a quarterback who has played one year, full year, and took us to a Super Bowl, played at a high level. He's had some unfortunate injuries, but I do believe in Jimmy as a person, and he's shown what he can do on tape. All right. Now, Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network says that several 49ers players, including George Kittle and others, called Kyle on Sunday and said, Coach, I'm alive. I just wanted to let you know. So they're throwing that in there. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and we'll come on back on Sports Buy.
1: That's 855-325-1780. You're
10: so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece.
4: Percent sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
3: That, that just hurts my feelings. Thank you for that. We still got another hour to go, and it's a uh, an hour free and clear. So feel feel free to get in. <clears throat> I did a little one of those self indulgent selfie tweets right before I went on the air, just saying back for the first time in studio in 14 months. It's good for the brand. Get the old face out there sometimes um my boy Jorge said uh, that the microphone looks like it needs a bucket of purell and you ain't lying <laughs> it definitely does need it needs a uh, a good cleaning also um a couple days ago on the show last week we had on uh, three former brown football players go Brown I work for UPS that was an old Tracy Morgan thing on SNL um, but they had a horse named Hot Rod Charlie, and I said I should bet on that horse because it'll probably win. And it was the show horse. How about that? Paid five twenty to show. That's not a bad return uh, for those guys. And I'm sure that they uh, a lot of they made a lot of people uh, mad uh, in the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean you you get your horse and he makes it to the Kentucky Derby. And then he ends up being the show horse. That's pretty good. Now, there was one horse called Soup and Sandwich. I said I felt sorry for that horse because it's, you know, I didn't see it, but it's probably a big, beautiful, lovely, world-class, you know, racing horse. And you call it Soup and Sandwich? Well, guess what? It came in last. And that's what happens. He's like, I'm. if he was named like Lightning Ball or, you know, Thunder Road Soup and Sandwich last what's in a name a lot alright I'm Rick Tittle and we will take a quick break and uh do we have music going? I'm in outer space right now there it is (laughs) I thought I was at home for a second did my wifi go out come on back